Welcome to the Sergeant Podcast. I'm Sarah McClintock. Any collection has mysteries, objects and images that hold secrets. One of the central jobs of any gallery or museum worker is interrogating these items and bringing their stories into the light. But sometimes we need help. Edith Collier's portrait of Mrs. Ponui is a very real presence in the collection of the Edith Collier Trust, a vast body of the artist's work that is housed within the Greater Sargent Gallery collection. Mrs. Ponui's great granddaughter, Esther Tooman, visited Sargent on the Quay and talked to curator of collections Jennifer Taylor Moore about her ancestor, Kafia, and its people. I'm Jennifer Taylor Moore, the Sargent Gallery's curator of collections. And I'm standing in the Edith Collier exhibition, Coastal Communities, with Esther Tooman. Esther has kindly agreed to talk with us today about her great-grandmother, Rongoa Wakahua Pōnui, also known as Tiro Tiro Pōnui. And she um, was painted by Edith Collier in 1927 at Kafia. Esther, can you tell me a little bit about your great-grandmother? Uh, you're using the Wahanganui dialect. In yes. Kafia, her name was Rungwa Fakahua. Fakahua. Yes. yes. And um, she is my grandmother's mother on my uh, yeah, maternal side. Mm-hmm. And can you tell me a little bit about her life at Kafia? Well, it, it, she, her father was, um, her mother, um, uh, Atako, who was given to a French uh, sea captain. And they had two children. Um, Tera Tera was the first child, and they had another son called Wee Matete. And um, so she's half French, a half Ngati Horotakere from Kafia. Very gentle and a very beautiful person, we led to believe. She had uh, four children, and my nanny is her only daughter, and nanny's very spoilt. She was given in marriage to Te Aurere Pōnui, so her name is Mrs Pōnui. Yes. And uh, that's our, um, how we discovered um, who she was, the, the long story of finding out about her. And can you tell me a little bit about her name and what it means? Um, Tura Tura is actually Girl Girl. It's yes. a pet name that's followed her throughout her life. Rongoa Whakahua is an interesting name because her mum was a uh, tohunga mm. and uh, dealt with um, herbs and she was the midwife. And she actually, um, Tiro Tiro passed away when she was about 102, uh, helping with bringing, um, in the birth of bringing some of her descendants to life, twin children, and she caught a chill. Oh. And she knew she was passing away. She was a matakiti, mm-hmm. uh, uh, her mum. And uh, she could see into the future. And she um, knew she was going to die, so she asked for water to take away the power of matakiti from her descendants because she could see into the future. Mm-hmm. And she said it was so horrifying mm-hmm. from her point of view that she didn't want her descendants to have the horror that she could see. <laughs> Oh yes, what does she, what does that I mean? I can't imagine to be able to know what's happening and to know what's ahead would be a big burden to carry. It was too much and she didn't want her descendants to have that, mm. that knowledge. Mm. On um, Tiratira's family way back they were tohungas and had that. So we come from a tohunga line, though 
Tiratiro's um, grandfather was also a, a, chief, a, a fighting chief as well, so he had mm. double abilities. Mm. We need to believe. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, can you tell me a little bit of the story of Humoko? Ah, right, yes. Humoko, how we managed to identify her. Um, the painting from the Edith Collier collection went to Judy Williams, who was in charge of New Zealand mm. archives, and they had the mystery of this painting, and she sent it to Irihapiti Ramston, mm. who um, they told her what her name was, and she said well, she didn't think that was quite right, but it sounded like a kafia name. Mm. So she sent a photocopy of Teratiro to Edith Dockery, who is a... Uh, a uh, sort of important person in Kafi and, and Edith identified it as Teratero. The fact is that she's oh, she got most of it was a muko, but the one on her upper lip, uh, she had too, she suffered too much pain, and so um, she stopped. And uh, the people there said it was because of her um, Pākehā blood <laughs> that she couldn't stand, uh, you know. Mm. Uh, take the pain, and, and that's really helped us to identify her. Yes, mm. because it's quite clear in the painting by Edith Collier that that part of the lip is not, it doesn't have the bubble. Mm. What it was done with a witch, wasn't it? It was very painful. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> a very brave thing to do. And um, can you tell me any stories about her life and what she did? Um, I understand that she was a weaver. Well, she was given in marriage to Te Aurere Pōnui and he was quite a, um, an important person in Kafia. He had a, he had a, I suppose you'd call it a ship, and he used to travel around New Zealand. He even used to go across to Australia. He was a very, had a very strong personality and he, they had uh, four children, Hakitara, well, Rene was the eldest, then Hakitara, then Tame. Tame uh, eventually became a uh, Methodist minister. And then my grandma, Narihu uh, Kaho. And um, Te Aurere used to have uh, bullocks, and um, he had rather a bad temper, so we led to believe. So he, the bullocks um, killed him. And so she was a widow for a long time, but then we had a... Uh, Surveyor by the name of George Barclay came to Kafia and she was given to him for a wee while and they had a child called Wattie Barclay. He was taken to the east coast and brought up over there. And he became a uh, Maori All Black, the um, captain of the 1920s Maori All Black and he has a, a sort of a important son, Hōtiro Kuru, who is in does all the waka armour and he's a descendant of Teratiro. Um, Teratiro was a widow and she lived in a, a family, uh, Pa Rangiahua. Rangiahua means life, life into heaven. Mm. It's on a hillside um, in Kafia. We are led to believe that Rangiahua was established by Hōtiro. He had two pa's. Um, the one Rangiahua is dedicated to Mahi Wahine, the work of woman, mm. and he had a um, over um, an Atia beach and that was dedicated to the mahi of men. 
and so she had a marvellous garden and uh, um, fed all the children of Kafia and looked after them. She was called the Universal Mother and a very loving and beautiful woman. She sounds... You, you can see the character come through in the painting. Mm. Do you know much about the time when Edith Collier was there in Kafia and about... Um, are there any stories or recollections you have? I don't know about her, but I've talked to Moya Shaw, who's from the Forbes line. We come from the same uh, ancestors, and I can see from the painting over to the right mm. with the two Pahutakawa trees. The Forbes house is just above that, mm. and so Edith would have looked out from the Forbes home and painted that picture over there. I know that uh, Moya Shaw has a close relationship with the um, Sargeson Gallery, and she probably can mm. tell you a little bit more about mm. Edith in Kafia than, than I can. Thank you. Are you able to tell us a little bit about the painting you're referring to? So that painting, I'll just check okay. what it's called, is called Still Waters Kafia Harbour and was painted in 1927 to 28. Well, this tree, Putikawa tree on the left, is called Te or Korafiti. This other one is called Te Papa o Karewa. Yes. When I grew up, I was told that this tree is the one that the Tainui canoe was tethered to. It's tapu. That's the left-hand tree. The left-hand tree. Mm -hmm. And now there's some argument that it was this one over here. That doesn't mean to say that you should be scared by standing underneath it or anything like that. Mm. But um, a branch fell off Tangi Tekorafiti in Atakohu's time. Uh, not Atakohu, Atta, Queen mm. Atta, Yerangi Kahu. And the carvers carved walking sticks for all the kaumata and queer of uh, Waikato. Uh -huh. That was given out. And in the background we have Motitara, yes. which is, um, that was a, a fort and when people came to create skirmishes in Kafi, all the people would retreat to that mm. point there and it was, um, it had a supply of water so they were quite safe there. Yes. So that's a fortified passage. And then in the background? Oh, that's Parongia. Parongia is Our the mountain. Moronga. Yes. <laughs> in the yes, background. That's right, yes. And can you tell me a little bit about the story of when um, the Tainui um, canoe arrived into this harbour and the Pahutakawa trees? Uh, well, when I reflect, we're told that when the uh, Tainui canoe came there, they saw all the red blossoms and they threw away their red feathers, which they'd brought back from Hawaii. Yeah and said, oh, those birds there, they're so beautiful, we'll put the feathers in our hair, but they're the Pahutakawa blossoms. So they weren't feathers and at they all. They weren't <laughs> feathers at all. But I've heard that story uh, apply to other regions. Yes. But to me, that makes sense. It does. It yes. does. Mm -hmm. And um, the painting next to it is called Kafia Scene, done in circa oh, 1927. Right. Um, and... Are you able to tell me a little bit about the, the site or the location of the painting and what's um, significant about it? I'm not too sure, but that looks like Makatu, yes. which is another past site. Uh, we come from Waipapa, which is that 
pub just before Cafe. Mm. This is Makatu, and the people from Taharoa used to come across. Mm. And we are connected to Makatu, mm. and in front of it, I've just forgotten the name, is the where the Tainui canoe is buried. Yes. There are two trees, and I've forgotten. So they're not, they're not um, in this picture, the trees? Or? Oh, no, they're not. Oh, sorry, I've said trees, but I meant were markers. Markers. And that was a tapu place that no one went. But when Atta became queen, she asked her um, tohungas to lift the tapu yes. from all around Waikato so that people might go there and not be mm. uh, worried about any repercussions. Mm. Oh, that is fantastic because... Um, as gallery staff, we're familiar with these paintings and the scenes, and we can see that they're scenes of kafia, but we don't know, um, the, we haven't until now known the specifics of exactly where they were t um, painted and, and the significance of what um, Edith I don't was think Edith realised what, but it's, it's rather lovely that yes. picture of two trees yes. that are so important in Tainuri history. Absolutely, mm -hmm. thank you. And um, have you got any other um, stories or anything else that you wish to share with us today about Edith's work or about your great-grandmother? I could talk about the petticoats, if yes. that's okay. Yeah. I have read a, an art historian talked about Edith Collier's work and he's remarked about the brightly coloured clothing of the um, queer from Kafia. And his comment was that when Edith Collier came back from the warmer climates of the Mediterranean, mm. she still was influenced by the warm colours, and so she painted the petticoats and the scarves as brightly coloured, and it's not a true reflection mm. of what the queer wore. But in fact, it is true, because my mum said that her nanny just loved her brightly coloured petticoats, and they all were brightly coloured petticoats because when I grew up I liked brightly coloured clothes too and my mum said you and your Maori colours that sounds not very nice but they mm. did and Maori women wear dark skirts and clothes now probably because of the influence of what people say and also to mourn the loss of land mm. Mm. So we're standing in front of Edith's painting The Kōrero and, and we can see the most beautiful colours in their scarves and their, and their petticoats with reds and blues and greens, pinks and purples. And they are very, you know, very colourful. And that is good to hear the actual truth <laughs> on the matter. Yes. Is there anything else? I, I, I think like that's enough. Thank you okay. so much for this opportunity. Thank you Thank so much for taking the time to talk with us today. It is people and stories like this that enrich and deepen the Sargent Gallery collection. In sharing these tales, Esther is giving the gallery a great gift, knowledge. It is important for us to recognise that while museums and galleries are repositories for objects, that these things are not dead. They hold within them countless lives that need to be added to and retold, not only by curators and academics, but by our communities. Thanks again to Esther for her generosity in sharing this information with us. The exhibition, Edith Collier Coastal Communities, will be on view at Sargent on the Quay until the 1st of May. Thanks for listening. The Sargent podcast is released monthly and is produced by the Sargent Gallery to Wariorehua, Wanganui. Information and pictures relating to this episode can be found on our website, www.sargent.org.nz.